Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to a new segment for us, Question of the Week. And I'm joined here with the boys, Connor. <laughs> Stop <laughs> laughing at me. Stop Sorry. laughing at me. <laughs> and Benny. Hello. Cool, guys. So we wanted to get a little more interaction with you guys who are listening at home. And uh, we're kicking things off with a new segment. You can submit your questions on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> or <laughs> there, there are channels out there. You'll figure it out. You'll manage. Shit. Facebook, YouTube, mail. Send us a uh, homing pigeon and uh, we'll get it. This is, the be- this is the beginning of the segment. So uh, we'll, we'll kick it off with our own question. Um, and the question is... What are your favorite franchises? Good, good <laughs> question. Ben, do you want to go first? Uh, no, I don't. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> George, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm always here and always ready to talk Star Wars, which is definitely my favorite franchise. Um, I started with Star Wars in 97 when the special editions came out in the cinemas in the UK and my mum took me to them. Um, and they came out every three months and I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back and just couldn't wait to see that film. I fell in love with this franchise from an early age and yeah, I was about nine or 10 when The Phantom Menace came out and I even loved um, those those prequels. There was something always off about them. I didn't have the magic as those original ones that I saw, but I loved those and um, yeah, loved The Force Awakens uh, I try and read the novels and yeah, Star Wars, man, it just captures my imagination. I just love everything about it. Mm. And I look really, really anticipating The Last Jedi. I used to have those little extra guides to Star Wars universe. You know, those big, you know, picture books. The visual dictionaries. Yeah, yeah visual I've got a bunch yeah. of those. Um, yeah, and the, um, the one thing I used to love was the cross sections by Dorian kind- Kindersley. Um, they do the ships and you could see the mm, interiors. Yeah. Just great illustrations. Uh, I've bought that one for The Force Awakens and uh, yeah, just got to keep that collection going, man. (laughs) Lifelong collection. There really is no other franchise that's been so successful at uh, brainwashing children (laughs) for for 40 years into just loving every aspect of it. He knew how to do the mechanical look. I don't know, there's something about the authenticity of those vehicle designs in, in Star Wars that was so appealing as a kid. Felt like it was an actual thing that was functioning, and I think that's why kids, kids fall in love with them. Well, the interesting thing about Star Wars is when we were growing up, there weren't any new Star Wars movies. We were right in between the two trilogies, essentially. Mm-hmm. But I remember everyone had Star Wars toys. Yeah, oh, yeah. the entire time I was growing up, like yep. genius merchandising. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I and everyone I knew had a, had a little Luke figurine. Mm. It was a thing to have. A little, I had a little Obi Wan. I had, I had all the Phantom Menace toys when they came out. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. a Boss Nass. Still got him. <laughs> I love, you know, the Nintendo 64 game, the pod racing game. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. It's good stuff. Or when you go to the arcade and there would be that, the pod racing where you could yeah. actually hold the, yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that Anakin held. Yeah. Far out. Dude, so that was, you that get was to a be dream. Annie. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. It's, it's working. working. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we could talk about Star Wars all day. Yeah. Um, and I why refuse. don't we? I refuse to. <laughs> Not interested. I hate Star Wars. Um, well, in that case, Ben, would you like to tell us your favorite franchise? Uh, sure. If I'm in two minds about it. If we're talking about like a current franchise that I'm really into that I, you know, I'm there day one every single time, then it's definitely the Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously. Um, we've talked about that. We talk about that every week. Um, and I think we're all pretty on board with it. But um, more from George's angle, about something you've kind of grown up with and is just part of your soul. <laughs> I have a slightly 
more left of center um, franchise, which would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they were a huge phenomenon in the 80s, um, the cartoon and the toys and everything, which is a little before my time. But uh, for whatever reason, they were just sort of everywhere uh, in my household growing up. And uh, yeah, I was brainwashed. Uh, Everyone was. Them, yeah. I, me- I remember those, those series being a kid and watching those and just absolutely loving them. Mm. I remember in the UK, it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah. What? Up. Yeah. Um, the, the censorship in the UK is really weird on certain things, including nunchucks. Martial arts and just, yeah, Asian stuff. They're yeah. really weird about. Really so, yeah, weird. Michelangelo couldn't use his nunchucks. Like yeah. the swords and the, you know, sigh, the daggers and everything. That's all fine, yeah. but no nunchucks. <laughs> How weird it. is that, eh? That is bizarre. Yeah. And well, it was exactly the same theme song, but they said hero. Yeah. And, I, and then I came, <laughs> so I would call them... I remember coming to Australia. I think I called them Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Turtles. And some kid was like, I'm going to stab you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Heroes are lame, like, man. I'm Ninjas England, are where it's I'm at. I'm from England. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't hurt me, please. Please, you Australians. Don't hit me with your the UK accent. I'm trying to imagine you with a like little mini George with oh, the UK I accent. I had the most intense like Pommy accent. No. Hello there. No. <laughs> yeah, man, little, little private school George. I got torn to shreds when I came to Australia. Don't yeah, worry, we sorted him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys got me. It's all good now. Ha ha ha. Where's my Winnie Blues? Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, this has been an amazingly endearing franchise. Uh, enduring, sorry. It's, it's never gone away. It's about 30 years old now. Um, there's been uh, four, six films, uh, five of them live action. Uh, there's been a new series for every decade, pretty much. There's one currently running on Nickelodeon that's hugely successful. Uh, you just can't kill this franchise, which is weird for something so bizarre and seemingly niche. And it started in it started off a lot more violent, didn't it? The comics, certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're um, then they were black and white, weren't they? Yeah, it gets overstated how like adults they, they were, but like yeah. there were still Ninja Turtles. But, they didn't um, have a uh, color comics back then. <laughs> back yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Um, the 80s then <laughs> crazy uh, yeah so yeah I've, I've read a lot of the comics I've got the entire original run um, really cool stuff I, re- I really love that this franchise is wide and, and spread as sprawling as it is they've always really kept these characters consistent through every single iteration even like the, the Michael Bay produced films um, I'm so sick of everyone always talking about the Michael Bay turtles he just produced those movies yeah. god damn it but his <laughs> DNA is written all over them isn't it I haven't seen them, but sort of. Um, uh, I have, and I'd probably say it's 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 very Michael Bayish, a little bit. But but unlike the Transformers movies, they really nail the characters. Like mm. somewhere along the line in the production of those movies, someone who cared about them uh, was involved. You know, you watch the Transformers yeah. movies; there aren't any Transformers characters, and they get they change from film to film. Uh, with the turtles, they really nailed it, nailed it, and there's actually some emotional moments in this film <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's probably where that the niche factor of it comes out because a lot of people criticized um the, those characters but they really were i mean if you take them in in the context of the the series you know going back 30 years they really well pulled off mm, mm. Mm. that's it cool nice I'm a, I, i'm actually dying to go and revisit the first three the, the jim henson first two with jim henson the third one was uh Oh really? Weird Chinese co-production. Oh, okay. but um, the first. So I really want to go visit the first one. The first, the first film, I think, is one of the greatest comic book films of all time. It is so true to the the original 
um, comics, and because the the creators Eastman and Laird were worked very closely on that film, and they had full control over the story, which is unheard of nowadays. It was an independent film. It was actually the most successful independent film of all time uh, when it came out. Wow! Yeah, which is a fun little fact. And yeah, the the, the Jim Henson uh, suits are just amazing. They, yeah. they yeah. hold up so well. Yeah, uh, they just anything that that company touches yeah. turns to gold. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Connor? Um, for me, I have an enormous amount of love for the Lord of the Rings franchise. Nerd. <laughs> so didn't you just talk about Ninja Turtles? <laughs> um, I remember being a kid and, and reading the books. Um, and it's so rare to be a fan of a book or a book series and then also be a fan of the, the movies after that. But I just found that there was an enormous amount of love put into this series. Um, the the story really kind of followed the main main points where it needed to. Um, and I mean, I just, I love the effects of that film. The use of miniatures, the, you know, CGI where they needed to. Um, yeah, just, I absolutely love that series. Yeah, they they pushed the envelope completely with those productions and yeah. changed the game, especially Fellowship. with Gollum. Fellowship does not hold up well. I don't think the, it looks the, that bad. The special effects. No, it doesn't look that bad, but um, the, compared it's to the obviously other outdated, yeah. They never got... Um, the proportions consistent? No. Like sometimes Bilbo is like up to their knees and other times he's like yeah. oh man. And up to you, their shoulders. When you watch the Rivendell stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Rivendell. On Blu-ray. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> so when you watch the Rivendell stuff on Blu-ray, it is just so like the white oh, shots. Yeah. It's just so clearly children <laughs> standing there. Yeah. It's but amazing. I, That's would, I would take that over, um, over what they did in The Hobbit, which was, you know, cut and paste and on a green screen any day i'm i'm willing to forgive the fact i, that can't, I can't really defend the fact that there's just children's day yeah. <laughs> that's really weird <laughs> um yeah no but it was things like you know the forced perspective in that film is some of the most clever filmmaking i think yep. i've ever seen yep. it's so well done and it looks great yeah they, um, they did a great job of bringing that world to life i i also read the books um as a kid before the movies came out um, I remember being being very disappointed that Tom Bombadil wasn't in. Fellowship. So many people, including <laughs> yeah. myself, when I first saw it, was like, "Oh, why is he really Tom- that essential?" Because I hear no. that all the time. <laughs> no, not at all. But he's, <laughs> he's just slightly. a fun character. I don't know. It's just just liked him. I understand why they didn't have it in there. Yeah, totally. There's just no way that they could have put it in. Um, but I mean, in in terms of like sins they could have committed against the book, that's probably not too egregious. Yeah, totally. No, I'm I'm on the same side. I th- I I like the. The Peter Jackson films. A, a large contingent of book readers I know really don't like the the Jackson verse um, version. Yeah, I mean, it does diverge in a lot of or in a few uh, big ways. It does. Certain parts. But um, the more I look at it, the the more I kind of feel like that's very necessary to make a good film. Yeah, and um, that's the main thing, and that's what they did. You know, the the kind of accolades for that, those films speak for themselves. They're one of the more um, decorated films of the last decade. And they had to go and fuck it all up. Like, yeah. What an unheard of story. Like this amazing um, seminal piece of literature uh, becomes an amazing series of films and pretty much everyone's happy. And then the fucking Hobbit comes along. Yeah. <laughs> the Hobbit was a massive, massive disappointment. I, I, and that whole production yeah. had so many problems from MGM being bankrupt. Bankrupt. Um, and for years, Del Toro coming onto the project for like two years or something and then yeah. leaving... Jackson coming on board with barely any lead time. I remember being so happy when Peter Jackson was 
coming back. I'm like, this is perfect. He should yeah. be the one to, to do it. And then, you know, a few years down the line, it's like, man, I wish I could see Guillermo del Toro's I version of I, this. I thought Jackson, I when I heard Peter Jackson was coming back, I, I, I wasn't that stoked. Mm. I thought he'd done his thing and yeah. that was it. I, I felt that um, I was glad that he'd come back because I just, I felt like that was just another kind of uh, etch in the, this is going to go right column. Um because, you know, he had obviously done such a good job with Lord of the Rings. He knows how to make a good film of this scale and in this size. So I just, I thought, like, how are they going to fuck this up? But, I mean, you know, there was the the issues where he didn't have the, the amount of time. I think he had, like, what, a year of prep time before they started shooting on Lord of the Rings? Where they uh, were just been, creating... Yeah, it would have been two years or yeah, something. Yeah, where they were just creating sets, where they were doing miniatures, where they were creating armor and all that. And they had they everything all planned out. They hired all of New out. Zealand. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> To, to work on the film. And then on, on The Hobbit, I think he had maybe a month or two. So they were creating, you know, the sets and the, and you know, the armor and the weapons for scenes like the day of. And then just rewriting the script on the fly. I think Jackson, for me, Jackson is a very hidden misdirector. Like I love, um, the name's escaping me right now, the Michael J. Fox. The Frighteners. The Frighteners. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Early Jackson, I think up until Lord of the Rings... Like all that early stuff I really enjoyed. And then post Lord of the Rings, like King Kong. Um, I think Skull Island gave me a bit more of an appreciation oh, for what he was trying to do with King about Kong. That. But um, like the lovely bones and the Didn't Hobbit, like, like none of them have really sort of hit it out of the park like Lord of the Rings did. If anyone out there hasn't seen his really early stuff, um, check it out. You might be Bad surprised. Taste yeah, and brain it's a lot dead. of fun. It's it's stuff. schlocky, like just disgusting gore fest. It's, it's amazing. Insane. Yeah, like if you only know him from like his his Tolkien work, you'd never pick it as Jackson. Yeah. Like it just it doesn't. He's just feel a, like him. He's like a very Raimi esque kind of guy. Like he loves mm. horror. He loves gruesome practical effects. Which makes me wonder why he hasn't kind of gone in that vein post Lord of the Rings. Well, because he's now. New Zealand's number one export. <laughs> you know, he, like he is so wound up in New Zealand tourism, dude. Oh my god, yeah. that's his thing now. You know, it's that well, weather workshop as well. Like, I'm sure, um, like, I guarantee you, a Silmarillion thing's coming. Yeah, within course. the next ten years. Yeah, they're going to keep working on that stuff. Well, they had um, they had something on uh, Lutheran, and the name escapes me. I think I read something recently where that was, you know. They were playing with that idea. Maybe we'll get a Shadow of Mordor film. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I love the franchise. And when I think of the franchise, I am really just kind of referring to those three, three films. Yeah. Um, and, but I also really encourage anyone listening to go watch the, um, the Blu-ray or the DVD, the special features. Oh. Just sit down, chuck those on a couple hours a day. You will learn and see just the amount of detail and creativity that went into that film it's fascinating when i for i remember for christmas getting the box set of lord of the rings when they had first released all that extra with the extended edition the extended edition yeah, yeah. and all the extra you know the the weta workshop stuff yeah. i fell in love with the the extra content in that yeah, film same. just like watching you know how they created these miniatures you know they had for i think it was like a year or two two guys whose sole job was to link chainmail armor armor yeah, together yeah i remember that i'm thinking like that is so cool like that's that's why this film was as good as it was. Chainmail. Chainmail, yeah. But just that attention to detail that's a secret. That, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why King Arthur failed. They didn't have someone creating the chainmail. The real chainmail. Yeah, mm. Hipster chainmail doesn't work. <laughs> no. When will they learn?
Well, that's it for question of the week. That was a bit of fun, a little bit more of an insight. If anyone ever wants to talk turtles with me, I'm, I'm generally a pretty well-adjusted person, <laughs> but I'm fucking obsessed with the turtles. So <laughs> hit me up. Here's my personal <laughs> number, my address. I just wish I had a friend who liked Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I don't have anyone to talk to. You fucking like Star Wars. How hard is it yeah. for you, my God? Yeah. <laughs> turtles is niche, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you actually know anyone that loves turtles? No, no. At your level? No, no, not on my level. Hell no. I know some people who grew up with it and kind of into it, but uh, you've seen my toy collection. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, next week we'll be answering another question. So hit us up on Facebook in a comment or a uh, direct message, Instagram, YouTube. Leave us a comment. Leave us a message. I'm going to have to do this outro again. In my own <laughs> Most of you are, are relatively tech savvy. You probably know how Facebook works. Yeah. Some of you are real dumb though. So we'll put in a little, little dates for <laughs> yeah, you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was fun, guys. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. See you. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right.